Hey everyone, welcome to episode 131 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Robert Sepucha, the CEO of Cricket Health. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring him on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? I'm well. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for us to, to chat. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background and then we'll dive into Cricket Health. Sounds great. Um, so uh, a thousand years ago, I, I guess I started out as a lawyer, uh, in, a venture capital lawyer working in Silicon Valley in Boston, working with venture capitalists and, and high-tech startups. Um, from there, I meandered my way into uh, DC working with a great friend of mine I, I grew up with, or I went to law school with, he was a five-term congressman and, and tried to help him uh, become a senator. Um, but working in that intersection of, of politics, policy, and business was eye-opening and seeing how uh, the two groups just didn't talk to each other. Business and, and, and government didn't really understand each other. Um, so from there, I went into Fresenius, uh, the large dialysis company, ran government affairs, ran policy, and helped the CEO with strategy. And it was at that point where I really discovered um, what an interesting laboratory of change kidney care can be. It has historically been a sleepy outpost of healthcare, and yet there's so many things about it. It was the first space that was ever bundled. Um, we used to say we were bundling before bundling was cool. Um, it, and it's it, because Medicare plays such a dominant role in paying for dialysis patients, there's a lot of experimentation that goes on in that space. So it was a wonderful eight and a half years, but ultimately I left because I thought the the, uh, for reasons we can go into, I thought the, the business model of dialysis companies in the industry is fundamentally broken. Um, and I was looking for something different and got introduced to the folks at Cricket Health and was just overwhelmed and excited at the team. Here was a group of people who were attacking kidney care in a way I thought it needed to uh, be attacked. Um, and just a, a wonderful group of people in terms of thinking about how to build a successful organization. So I joined Cricket Health two and a half years ago uh, and became CEO six months ago. And it's been um, among the most rewarding and, and challenging experiences of my life. It's been great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, and I, I was really excited for us to connect because I, I guess a little bit about um, my, my involvement or my situation with dialysis. My grandfather was on dialysis for 10 years, right? And I saw him go through that process and he'd always would talk about it and just seeing, you know, um, how how it affected him and, and the space that you're in it was I, I was super excited to learn about cricket health when I first started reading about it just because of the little bit about dialysis and like I guess the kidney space um, from what I learned from him so I'm, I'm excited that uh, you're you're in the position that you are and you're helping kind of reshape this industry and I'm glad that you thought that the the business model was I guess the, the the previous business model that a lot of companies were leveraging was kind of flawed in a way right and wanted to come at it from a different angle so thank you for that no um, absolutely it's uh, I'm sorry your grandfather went through that but it's amazing he was on dialysis for that long it's um it's a it is a grueling experience um it's in, in some respects it is a wonderful it's it's an amazing thing to think about I mean 50 years ago if you had you're diagnosed with kidney failure. It was you were that was your death sentence. You were dead two weeks later, um, and the advent of dialysis and the the promulgation of the therapy, especially back in 1972 when the government stepped in and said whether you're five or 65, if you're on chronic dialysis, we'll pay for it through Medicare. That was an astounding uh, uh, event and an astounding uh, move that the Congress made, especially in today's politics. Right, you can't imagine 
them coming together and, and doing something that profound and that important. It, but it saved literally millions of Americans' lives. Um, it's just remarkable. The, the consequence, unfortunately, is that there's there's been you know the unforeseen consequences. No one could have expected that there'd be this many people with diabetes and hypertension, which would have led to 36 million Americans with kid, kidney disease. So the explosion of the disease uh, and the focus, all the time, attention, and resources have been just on the call it 600,000 Americans who are on dialysis. Um, that's the, the pot of gold in a crass way that everybody's been chasing. And none of the attention has been on moving upstream, identifying and working with patients prior to kidney failure. So that's the topsy-turvy nature of uh, what we're living in and trying what we're trying to address at Cricket Health. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things with him is he, he never had any major issues, but he had like congestive heart failure too. And it was like the medication, I guess, from that, that continued to like affect his kidneys even more. He's probably heading this way anyhow, but it definitely like sped up that, that, that process for him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was really interesting learning about the space from, well, from hit from the patient's point of view, right? Because they were, he was given the option at the time to do like um, the three days, I think it was like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday type structure uh, versus doing, I think every day they wanted him to be in home if he was going to do it at that time um, in the house. But it was, it was crazy, like seeing how they would not be able to, to like access his veins easily. So they had to put like a, a cow valve or something in his arm and stuff. It's, it's just so interesting. Like until you really take a look at all the intricacies of, of the space and what can actually happen to someone going through dialysis. Um, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you guys are also looking at that group before they get to that point, because if you can ever, you know, help people or we can continue as an industry to just help people not get to that point. I, I think it would be, I, I don't wish that on a lot of people seeing what they had to, to go through. No, it's, it is remarkable. I mean, I, I, as much as I can rail against the incentives that are in the existing system, the time I spent at Fresenius was wonderful. The people there are amazing, still have some just terrific friends there. And I had the honor and privilege of going to, you know, several dozen dialysis clinics and seeing, um, you know, meeting patients and seeing the staff help out the patients. But you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a really brutal existence. It's a grueling therapy um, physically, but then just the emotional, the, the way it, it, it taxes you emotionally going forward, it, it's really hard. And what you just described is, I think, sort of speaks, I think, volumes about why the system needs to be changed. Right now, the standard of care in America is you do something, you do something what's called crashing into dialysis. Maybe like your grandfather, you, you have this progressive disease. You don't know you have it. It's largely asymptomatic until you approach kidney failure. So you've got upwards of 60 or 70% of Americans showing up at an emergency room one day with chest pains or blurred vision. They don't know what's going on. And they get diagnosed with kidney disease, actually with kidney failure at that moment in the ED. And the doctor plunks a catheter in their neck and says, you're on dialysis today and for the rest of your life. And you're right. You go into that the clinic three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you sit in the chair and have dialysis done to you. Um, th there's clearly the holy grail is to work, to move upstream and try and slow progression. I think the entire sector of kidney care is trying to figure that out. Um, there's lots of clinical work that still needs to get done. But just from a care management perspective, to your point, if we could go upstream and help patients, A, understand their, their disease, B, help them manage their diet, their exercise, manage their meds, so that when they approach kidney failure, they're much healthier, they're a better candidate for transplant, and they're a better candidate for home dialysis, um, also just because they understand what it entails. And so they get that access done, whether it's a PD catheter or a fistula, like you were explaining, um, and they understand what home therapy entails, and they can get 
um, they're prepared for it. That's, that's effectively what Cricket is trying to do. Um, so there's a huge care management piece, but there's also a huge care and clinical piece of, to your point, trying to slow progression. So there's just so much that needs to get done. Yeah, I, I think expectation setting, uh, an earlier education on you know, what can happen and how to best combat uh, kidney failure. Um, and then kind of coupled in with everything that you guys are doing over at Cricket. Uh, I'm super excited that you exist and that you're continuing to, to push things forward in the space. So thank you for all that you do. Um, you hit on it a little bit, but quickly before we, we wrap up, I'd love if you could just mention a few things that you're really excited about, I guess, with the state of the industry uh, for or the future of the industry and also like with the future of cricket health, um, things that you're, you're able to share, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's a phenomenal time in kidney care. It's we're at this wonderful inflection point. I remember vividly, I'm embarrassed to admit, sitting in my office at Fresenius talking to some colleagues saying, there'll never be any innovation in this space because it's controlled by the government and no one's going to invest. Who, what entrepreneur would be silly enough to um to get in the space and what VC would be silly enough to invest and fast forward five or six years. And I find myself the CEO of a venture backed kidney care company. So I guess I'm not that smart, um, but it is remarkable in that I think for decades, everybody's known the answers to go upstream and interview with patients early, but there's never been a payment model to, to, to make that happen. And there's never been the technology that would allow us to be able to do that kind of care to, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. Both of those things have changed. With value-based care, payers are now, both public and private, are figuring out it makes money, It makes sense to spend money today to, in the hopes of saving money tomorrow. And the platform that we've built at Cricket, you know, we, we have a multimodal approach where we're touching patients at home over the phone, but also over our virtual platform, giving our clinicians the ability to scale. And so the, you know, we're very excited that you know, we think we've got the care model giving every patient a dedicated care team, their own care team, so they can really foster and create these relationships of trust. Um, and that's led to massive engagement. We have 90% patient retention rate, 85% engagement rate. Um, and just to see the, to come in every morning to work, to look at the quotes we're seeing from patients and to see um, the initial results of, you know, hospitalizations being uh, down 65% across our, our customers um, is, unbelievably gratifying. So it's an exciting time in kidney care. I think there's lots going on that's moving it in the right direction. And I think um, everything we're doing at Cricket points to, you know, knock on wood, a very successful uh, few years, for, not just for us, but more importantly for our patients. Well, I'm excited to stay connected with you and, and stay connected and see what the future looks like with Cricket Health and continue, you know, pushing things forward. So thank you for all that that you and your team do. And hopefully we can have you and, and maybe other members of your team on the podcast again to kind of dive into some some different details of the, the organization. Cause I know this is really your intro podcast, right? Where people get to learn about you and Cricket Health for those that don't know. And then kind of a, a nice little conversation for, for people that have been following you as well. So I'm excited to continue the conversation. Thanks. Thank you. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. 
Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. On average, the BlockHealth platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use BlockHealth as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, BlockHealth works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about BlockHealth, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B-L-O-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and follow them on their social channels at BlockHealth. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.